about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This is called All In With The Lord. And uh, we are here in a year that I believe is one of the most specific years that, the, that we have been allowed to be alive in throughout our lives. If you're listening to this and you're alive, then you are one of the blessed ones to be alive in this year. This year is the year where all manifestations of prayer are available. That I say you will see them, that I say you will have them, only if you believe. So let's talk today about what it means to believe. What does it mean to harvest what you've sown? Now, as we begin this program, you know, my name is Art Cardos, and this program is called All In, and every week I come on this program and I say, let's, you know, let's just get revved up for the Lord. But how do you harvest a crop? How do you begin to receive from the Lord? A lot of people know how to pray. A lot of churches teach praying and fasting and sowing, giving. Make sure you give to the church. But they don't teach how to harvest. They don't teach you necessarily how to receive by faith that which you have sown. So we're going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about how to um, sow, I mean, reap what you've sown. <clears throat> so let's talk about where that begins. First of all, it begins with understanding and believing that you actually want to receive something from the Lord. Do you want to receive something from the Lord or do you pretend that you want to? And I, I listen to people who set goals every year and some of them never happen. Why is that? And yet, I know I've written down goals for over 30 years that I would say more than 99% of them have happened. So what is the difference? Why can one person seemingly receive from the Lord and another person go through their whole life broke, busted, sick, disgusted, complaining, and totally unsure of why they aren't succeeding? So let's talk about it. Number one. Let's talk about the fact that God is doing something in this earth right now. Number one is right now is the time, is the moment when you and I have a chance to really reap 30, 60, and 100 fold quicker than ever before. Why faster? Why quicker? Should you have to wait 10 years to get a prayer answer? Should you have to wait five years? Well, what's your comfort zone? Four, three, two, one, six months? How about a week? How about a day? What's the difference to God? What is the difference in, in, in his world versus our world? In his world, it's already done. We have to get a grasp on something. When God, first of all, if you're a believer and you believe you were created by the Father, and I believe Christians believe that. I'm going, I'm a, I was created by God and Jesus came. He died for my sins. I'm going to heaven when I die. 
What about before you die? Why are you thinking I must die to get what Jesus paid the price for? That's been put in our heads. So I want to erase it. I want to delete it because it doesn't start when you die. It started the day you acknowledge Jesus is your Lord. Now, for some people, they know God is God and Jesus is Jesus, but did they make him the Lord of their life? What does that mean? That means that we allow him to reveal to us the steps necessary to carry something out. So number one, do you have a goal in mind or a prayer request other than an emergency one? Now, your emergency prayer requests, you go to the doctor and you get a diagnosis that's really not good, I got it. You need an emergency prayer request. But let's just assume for a second that you are someone that doesn't is not being evicted from your house this week and hasn't been diagnosed with some evil thing, okay? So if you're that person and you fit in that window, what is it you want so badly that you must have it today? So I don't have to have anything today. I just want things. I want a better life. I want a better life for my kids. I want to be able to be debt-free. I want, I want. Well, they're all really good things. And they are the things we should be talking about. First of all, your health. Secondly, your financial health. To be totally, totally, totally debt-free. Do you believe that's possible? And if you don't, we're going to talk about it. Because before you can receive anything from the Lord, you must believe it's possible. You must actually embrace it. If you can't embrace it, that it's possible, you're not going to have it. There are many, many people that have prayed for many, many years for many, many things, and they don't get it. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because it's a, we in this country especially have become so relaxed. Oh, man, you know, well, I'm getting by. Or, or the other side of that, you know, I've made enough money in my life, I don't have to think about it anymore. You sound to me like the rich young ruler. Jesus wants you on your toes. He wants you to wake up. He wants you to understand how the kingdom works. He wants you to understand there is a kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when you're saying, well, you know, I maybe you're retired, okay, and you have a fixed income, and, it, and it's covering your bills. Great. That's not okay, though. You are a kingdom person. You are designed by the Creator, and you are living here to bring the kingdom here. Find other people around you that need help if you're that person. If you're complacent, you're lukewarm. And I'm telling you what, go read that for yourself in the Bible. I don't even want to talk about it. <clears throat> I want to talk to the people that have a desire, a burning desire, to know the Lord <clears throat> more every day. To understand the working of the kingdom of God. How does it work? How can I help others? Do you know there are probably people right on your street that need financial help or a prayer for physical healings? They're probably right on your street, wherever you live. And if you live in the backwoods, then go to town, because there's lots of people there. People all need, want something. And if you seem to think you have it all together, 
you haven't even begun to scratch the itch on the itch. Because that's not why you're here. It's You're not here so you can have it all together, plan your spring, summer, and fall vacations, and everything's fine. You have work to do, my brother and sister in Christ. This is the hour of opportunity for the Lord. What would you do when Jesus... What if you were here the week where Jesus was going through the Passion, going through the whole... Uh, last week of his life, and you say, well, I'd like to hang out for that, but I've got to go. i got a vacation planned in another part of the world here, and I, I can't hang out. So I'll, let me know how that turns out. That is, that's the same attitude so many Christians place on, on church, on the Word. I really <coughs> would like to be a part of that, but i got all these other things I have to do. Really? Really? Listen, we're in a moment. Right before touchdown. You know what that means? Right before touchdown. Jesus is coming back. And he's appointed his people to do some work. Are you one of those? And if you are, don't turn your back on it. Don't plan vacations where you think you can forget it. Because wherever you go, you got to take you with you. And Jesus is in you. So let's start asking the Lord, what is it that he wants you to do? Now, if you're someone who needs to be debt-free... <clears throat> That's goal number one, right after spending time with the Lord, and right after sowing seed, because we're going to talk about seed time and harvest. How do you get your harvest? You know, harvest, your harvest, if you're a sower, your harvest is crying out, crying out, saying, come get me, come get me. And you you might be letting your harvest lay in the field. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, we're going to talk about that too. Because there are harvesting angels, and they're waiting to be dispatched. But there are certain things you have to do. The first thing, we're going to read a scripture here. And this is an important scripture. James 2.16. And one of you says to them, to anybody around you, Depart in peace, be warmed, be filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does that profit them? And what does that profit you? When you look around, and you see that there are people hungry. And right now, my friends, there are people who cannot afford to buy the groceries they used to pay for. And if you're not reaching out to see if they're around you, now people don't want to tell you that, but you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to get your ears on, and you're going to have to listen. And when you find people who need help, that's your first goal. Feed my sheep. Feed them the word. Feed them. Jesus always fed them, and then he taught them. We have to feed people. So if you're someone who lives around a soup kitchen, or you're someone who lives around a food pantry that's giving to the poor, you may not be called to do the giving part but to, to them, but you might be called to be the person who fills the distribution center where you know they can get <coughs> what they need so that they don't have to think about can they fill it up. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to participate? Or are you going to say, well, I hope they're all taken care of. I, I really do. How about someone who just got uh, evicted from their home or can't pay their electric bill? Can't pay. Electric bills have doubled, not alone cable bills. Oh my gosh. You know, if you got cable and today and, and uh, internet, of course, everybody's got to have internet. Everything is skyrocketing. The price of life has gone way up. So those who were making it before aren't comfortable now. Now you and I, as believers, we can call heaven down to earth. We 
can call heaven to earth. We can call more money. You are, come on now, money? Yeah, money. If you don't have enough money to get, first of all, the first thing on your list with your money ought to be your giving. Tithing, now here's, so let's go to tithing. Malachi 3.10. If a man, if if you don't give 10% to the Lord, he says you've robbed me. But let me, let me explain something. Well, number one, it's not just um, a job, like giving 10%. Maybe you are a tither. I write my check every week. I write a check every week. Not enough. What do I mean by that? That is sacred. That is holy money. I think we've made it automatic. If you're a Christian and you tithe, yeah, I just do it. When you take that money that you're sowing, you're doing it out of obedience to the Word, and you need to place a holy a holy atmosphere around it. That when you actually sow that money, whether it's to a church, an organization, a person, you look at that money and you say, money, I, this is my tithe. This is me being obedient. And you have work to do. And I am commanding you, I am commanding you to to bless the organization that I'm giving it to, and I am commanding you to restore, re- come back to me 100-fold. That's right, 100-fold. So when you look at all the times you've given, I'm going to now switch to the side where you are the giver. And man, you look for every opportunity to give. But maybe that's become automatic too. You just do it. Let's start expecting, for every dollar, <laughs> that you have given. Let's start expecting a return immediately. That is your connection to the kingdom of God, to sow and to reap. Now, whatever it is you need might be a very, very big number. If you're uh, maybe a business person and you have a big debt that's got to be paid and you need a, a reversal of that debt or you need it totally canceled, erased, you know, divinely, supernaturally, then let's find someone else that has a debt that you can erase supernaturally. And you say, whoa, whoa, you mean if I give a thousand dollars and I pay off somebody's credit card, that will help me? Oh, but I could use that thousand towards my debt. But see, you don't have the money. If you did, you'd pay it. So what you do, if you want your debts paid, we start paying other people's debts. We find people that are in debt and we pay off their debt that we can't afford. And then, oh man, out of nowhere comes your debt paid and you don't know how it happened, but that's the harvest. So there's seed time and there's harvest. Romans 3, 3, 4. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified by your words and you may overcome when you are judged. Now, if somebody's watching this and they say, I don't believe that, that does not change the deal for me. I do believe that. I believe it with all my heart. And I know that I know that I know that when we, whatever we sow, we reap. <clears throat> you want people to give you houses? Give a house away. You want people to give you cars? Give a car away. I was part of a car ministry, and the Lord gave us this idea a long time ago. I've talked about it on this program, and we sowed one car to a family who needed uh, a transportation so that he could get a job and take care of his family. 
And out of sowing that one car, it got on the news, it got in the newspaper, this organization that we had, and all of a sudden it was picked up and put on Philadelphia news station. This is a long time ago. And out of that one car, over 500 cars were donated. One seed, genuinely sown. Where did the car come from that we sowed? Well, we were able to pay a few hundred bucks, buy the car, and then a group of us fixed it up and gave it. And I have never been without a car ever since. And debt-free. And the cars I drive right now, debt-free. Because of the Lord always sees to it that the seed that I've sown for cars, that's intact. I've given away hundreds of cars. So it fulfills that. But what about other things? What about money? We have to realize that when we participate, when we actually believe, you'll want to sow money. You will want to. <clears throat> so let's say you need $100,000, but you only have 5000 or 10000 or whatever. But you got five, but you go, oh man, I need a hundred. Find someone. I mean, find someone <coughs> who pays off a huge debt in their life for 5,000 bucks or pay their, their, their monthly rent for a few months. Maybe that's one month. I don't know. Today, the cost of everything is through this or buy them food for a year or six months. This, these are the kinds of things Christians need and ought to be doing. Your harvest, you say, all right, I've been doing that. Good. Your harvest is great. It's out there. Have you received your harvest? Have you received it? Why not? Why haven't you received it? Do you believe it's out there? Do you believe the seed you sowed was real? You see, that's, that's where it gets real delicate. You just do things. I'm in a hurry. I gotta go. I'm gonna write the church check, check write the church check. No. Pray over the church check. Pray over the church money. Pray over the giving money. Father, this is seed, and I'm sowing it into what I consider fertile ground, and I am expecting a full manifestation back on this seed this day, in this hour, and I dispatch the harvesting angel to see to it, watch over my seed, and bring me back my harvest today. Have you ever thought about that? Do I sound crazy to you? Do I sound way out there? Well, that's the Word of God. The kingdom of God is radical. Jesus was radical. He came and did radical things. Are you living a radical life? Are you doing the things that Jesus did? Are you healing the sick, raising the dead, carrying a treasure with you wherever you go with a bag of gold that you can distribute and help people as they need it? Why not? What are you waiting for? He was the sample son. We are to live and be the, the, you know, a demonstration of what he did here on the earth. We're in that moment. Why don't we do that? Well, Art, I don't know. I don't feel like I can do that. I mean, that was Jesus. And what are you saying? You don't feel righteous. That's the thing. Your righteousness, the way you feel about yourself, and boy, Satan, he is really, really good at beating people up. Here's what he uses to keep you broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. Fear, ignorance, doubt, unbelief, and condemnation. You want to do it again? Fear. What do you fear? Well, I I, I don't really like to go out now in, in restaurants and, and in public because of the pandemic. Okay, you fear that you're going to get sick. Okay, that's one fear. How about I don't have enough money. If I give it away, then I won't have more. That's the wrong. That's fear. Fear of lack, okay? Doubt. 
I don't know if it'll come back. That's doubt, okay? Ignorance. I haven't really read the Bible like you're talking about, so I don't know. Well, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's ignorance. And unbelief. I just flat out don't believe it, Art. I mean, we, you know, I go to church and all that stuff, and, and I, I, I'm a Christian, and I want to, I want to, I know that I, Jesus died for my sins, and I want to go to heaven and spend eternity with everybody in heaven. I don't want to go to hell, but, but I don't, I, I don't know if I can do these things. That's unbelief. You don't believe what you read, or you don't believe what's being taught. You don't believe it. You might believe this much of it, the part where you get you into heaven, because you have a self-interest in that. What happens to you when you die? And the older you get, the more people around you that are dying, and you think about it. What happens to you when you die? And it's not something to grieve over, if you know what it says. It's something to be rejoicing over and to be blessed. But we're not talking about that today. And then there's condemnation. Condemnation. You condemn yourself. Others condemn you. You know, you feel condemned. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel like you're worthy enough. You don't feel like it. You just don't feel like it. Yet, we're told in God's Word, we are told that... um, we are made righteous because of Christ, and he made us righteous. So here in 1 John 5, 17, all unrighteousness is sin. What? Yeah, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. There is sin not leading to death? Sure. It's an unrighteous feeling. It's you feeling not good about you. It's you condemning yourself. Oh, I keep making the same mistake. I keep doing the same thing. I keep doing this. I keep doing that. <coughs> it is unrighteousness. Get rid of it. Okay, so there's two people, the old you and the new you. The old man and the new man. If you've accepted Jesus, there's two of you. The old one <coughs> keeps reminding you of what a sinner you are. And there's a lot of churches that help you with that too. It's called religious activity, where they just want to tell you that you are just unworthy, man. You, you're you a sinner, and you should just get on your knees and beg God, beg Him to forgive your sin. You, you have no idea how awful a person you are. That is not what the gospel says. Jesus doesn't didn't come here for you to beg Him. He came here to take away from you all of your unrighteousness, all of your sin. And you don't need to beg for it. You need to receive it. You need to take it by faith. Again, that word faith, what is it? you got to use faith. Take it by faith. How do you get your harvest? you got to take it by faith. Stop sowing seed without taking your harvest at the same time. Have communion with your harvest when you sow your seed. Now know what you're sowing it for, and that's going back to decide what you want and know what you want. And a lot of people don't know that either. They don't know what they want, so therefore their seed has no real purpose. Now money is a great seed because you can name your seed. You can give money to a situation and say, this money that I am sowing into this is for this seed to pay off my home supernatural, to pay off my credit cards, supernatural, to pay my electric bill, to pay all my bills. I am sowing my seed supernaturally, sowing my seed to receive a supernatural result. And that is the way sowing and reaping works. But how many people you, you do you know 
that take a moment to get a hold of that money if they're given money and speak to it. Money, you are my seed to be debt free. Now I'm sowing you and you grow, you grow and you manifest and you come back to me, pressed down, shaken together and flowing over 30, 60, 100 fold return in this day, in this hour, right now, <clears throat> because that's what the word of God says. Are you doing that? Or are you just walking around and like broke, busted, sick, disgusted, waving in the wind? Well, I don't know what the economy's going to do. I don't know what the investments are going to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What the heck kind of believer is that? You believe what the world has told you. You are in listening to the world, taking on the world, taking on all of the doubt, all of the unbelief, all of it from the world. The Word of God, the Kingdom of God is at hand. The Word of God is in you. You have a zip file in you. All you got to do is zip it and get the revelation knowledge from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the Holy Spirit who wants to reveal to you right now how to receive your harvest today. Your harvest today. We are talking about manifesting and receiving our harvest that's crying out for you this day. We'll come back right after this message and continue this conversation. But we're talking about what we have to do. We'll be right back. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, <clears throat> and we're talking about teaching ourselves how to harvest. Did you ever watch a farmer in harvest time? Man, the guy's out there at 5 o'clock in the morning, as soon as the break, the sun breaks through, and he's going at, at night till the sun goes down, working day and night. You ever been around a farm? You ever work on a farm? When it's time to harvest, <clears throat> there is no time for rest. And if you think because you're a certain age, you're going to lay up and lay back, and, and the harvest is so great out there, and so many people need the harvest. Maybe you don't, and maybe I'm speaking directly to you, but you need to get off your butt and do something. Now, each one of us probably is, knows what we're called to, if you're listening to this program. You might be called to, to have a certain business or to have a certain uh, part of the plan that Jesus gave you, and you say, how do, I, how do I get my part of the plan totally paid for? How do I get it totally accomplished? How do I get it totally done? 
And the number one way is you got to decide what those what that is. If you can't first of all decide what you've been called to do, then you don't even have a place listening to this because you're just going to be all over the place. You don't have a goal. You don't have a target. If you don't have a target, you, you can't hit it. That's all there is to it. So number one, you got to take time to pray and ask the Holy Spirit and the Lord to help you write down a list of the top 10 things in order of priority that He wants you to accomplish and He wants to give to you through your harvest this year. This year, right now. Not next year, this year. And, and I would say even more importantly, this month. And I would say even more importantly, this week. And more importantly, this day. I need, you need to take the time to write it down. So take, take time. Get quiet with the Lord. Say, Lord, I know you called me, but what are the steps? What is the order of priority? Because I'm all over the place here. I know what I like to do. I know what I'm called to do. But yet I need these other things in order to do that. So number one, we have to pray and write down. Now in the book of Habakkuk, it says write it down clearly on the tablets. So write it down clearly. Get yourself a tablet and write it down. And be specific. So let's take, first of all, someone who's in debt. You take in debt, you look at all your debt. But the way you really look at debt is you look at what you can stop spending and see what you can bring back in as additional cash that you can pay for the debt. And so, number one, you look at that. Number two, you look at the, the debt that costs you the most, the ones that charges the most interest. And you target that and say, look, let's knock that one out. Let's put all our resources on that and knock it out. Then go to the next one and the next one. But in the meantime, you have your tithe money. And you take that money, which is not part of paying your debt, and you put that aside, but you put it aside in a way that you say, that's holy money. That is so holy, I might have to pull it out of my account because I don't want it to touch dirty money or other money that has been stolen by the devil. But you must have your tithe money always at hand and ready to go. And then you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, where do you want me to give this money? That's real important, by the way. Just because you go to a, a church that demands you tithe, uh, that doesn't mean they're the fertile ground God's telling you to put it in. And it doesn't mean they're not either. Okay, because if it's fertile ground and they're, they're doing things that are causing people to come closer to Jesus and into knowing the Lord, then absolutely you tithe. And you should have offering money. I don't care if it's a dollar beyond the tithe. That's your offering. And when you take this money, you don't just say, here's my tithe. You take that money and start to look at it. And you start to realize that is a seed that God has now told you. He's, he's renamed your money is what he's done. Money that you might have worked for, but you got it. But he's renamed it and said that's his money. So now you're taking his money. That's why he says if you don't tithe, you're robbing him. Because it's he's renamed it 10% his money. If you take his money and you say, this is, this is the creator of the universe's money. And he has told me to sow it, to give it here. And so money 
I am naming you because here's what I, I need in my life. I need this bill paid or I need this uh, health. I need my health restored in this area. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're praying for that's bigger than you, you take that seed and you name it. You say, this is now uh, a debt-free seed. So I could be debt-free. I could be debt-free. And so therefore you are a debt-free seed. And I'm so, you look at that money. You look at it. You call it my debt-free seed. I am sowing you. I am willingly sowing you into the ground, into this fertile ground of this church or this organization or this group or this pantry our food pantry or soup kitchen or wherever the Lord's or school, wherever the Lord's telling you to give it. And I sow that seed. Now seed, I command you, you do the work. My father's money, my father's seed will now grow and it will grow fast. It will manifest quickly, 30, 60 and a hundred fold return. Now in this day, and I dispatch the angels of God to see and watch over that seed, to grow that seed, and to bring the harvest back so that I can redistribute it to others because I am a child of God. So sowing a seed and how you sow it matters. Matter. And I think we become complacent on that. I think we just do things. It's automatic. We are so automatic. So let's not do that. Let's not be automatic. Don't look back in your life at what you didn't do right. And, and, and just look at all the money you've already given. And go. just take a moment and look back at it, if it's money and you didn't name it, and start to speak to it. Because that seed is planted. And you say, I planted that seed, but I didn't name it what it was for. So now I'm naming it. And it's for this. It's for this reason, this purpose, and I dispatch the angels to bring it to me this day. We're looking for instant. Yes, we are. We're looking for instant manifestations. Why? Because Satan loves to tell you this is going to take a while. Sit back, relax. It may not happen for a long time. That's baloney. And then if you don't buy that one, he's going to tell you, well, you're just not worthy enough. You are Look, at you just sinned again the other day. No, you didn't. According to the Word of God, once you accepted Jesus, that old man is dead. So any sin that took place in your life is not accounted to you as sin. It's accounted to the old man, and the old man is dead. So therefore, what would God be doing judging that dead man? He's only judging the new born-again person, and that's the one who got back on track the minute after you... You said something you shouldn't have or did something you shouldn't have and you repent of it. So you get, you get, you judge yourself and you're right back on track and you are back always. You never left the righteousness of Christ, but your mind tells you you did because the old man slipped something in. I'm telling you, you got two people in there. You got the old one and the new one and you have these conversations. Maybe you think you're different. You don't have conversations with yourself. But I'll bet you do have conversations with yourself. And you do something you don't want to do. You go, I didn't want to do that. What's wrong with me? Why did I do that? There, that's the old man and the new man. The old woman and the new woman. Talking back and forth. You know I didn't want to eat that. You know I didn't want to do that. 
you know, I didn't want to treat him that way. I didn't want to treat her that way, but I still did it. That's the old man and the new man. The new man needs to be fed and needs to grow strong so it could tell the old man off. But don't worry, when you leave your body, when you actually do leave the body, you don't die because you've already died. That old man's dead in the body. You're going to leave the old man behind in the body. But the new creature, the new born-again creature, lifts out of here, true trans translated into a new realm, into a not a new realm, a different realm, but, but you are going into that realm where you're going to eventually get a new body. So you're translated. You're never, you have done all the dying you're ever going to do. You aren't going to, if you've accepted Jesus. And that, that's a fact. So now we're going to go back to how do we bring the kingdom of God on earth now, right now? How do we bring his kingdom here right now? And so, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is your purpose. Once you've accepted Jesus, your main function, your main purpose is to bring the kingdom, demonstrate the kingdom, live the kingdom, live like the kingdom, and love those who, like Jesus loved us, like Jesus loved you. We are to love one another. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. Love yourself and love one another as you love yourself. That's a problem for some people. They don't love themselves at all. They're always picking on themselves. And when they get alone, they're always saying, you you know you're no good. You just quit on a good show. Blah, 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 blah. That, that's two people in there. Remember, the old person telling you you're not good and the new one saying, wait a minute, I'm the righteousness of Christ. I have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law, not by anything I've done, but by Jesus. He did it all for me. God himself, in Jesus, went to the cross on your behalf, knowing, knowing that you and I could never, ever, ever have gotten it back on our own. It was an impossibility. So God made it possible. And all we've got to do is believe he did it. Believe he did it. Man, I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. But that believing thing seems to be a lot of work for some people. It's not just, I read it, I heard it. I know it. You got to believe it. You got to believe it enough to act on it. Be ye a doer of the word, not just a hearer, deceiving your own self. So here we are. I'm going to read Mark 11:24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There's that word believe again. Number one, whatever things you ask, what are you asking? Do you have it written down? Believe you receive it. Now, how do I get to that point? How do I believe I receive it? Make it, make it a special moment. Write it down. When you ask the Lord for something, put the time, the date, and write it down. And say, I have asked. I have asked you, Lord, to make me debt-free. I have asked you to supernaturally pay off a loan that I have. I have asked you to supernaturally give me a debt-free car. I have asked you to supernaturally do these things, to, to, to heal my body, to restore me, to make me 10 years younger, make me feel younger, act younger, because I am a child of the Almighty God. Whatever it is you're asking for, I, whatever things you ask for, believe it. Now, if you can't believe it, 
That's it. If you can't make yourself believe it's possible, that's where you got to start. Dig into the believing part. What is it you believe? What is it you believe? What is it that you believe? I'm going to jump ahead here, and I want to read you something here, um, because this has to do with how powerful words were in the Old Testament. They, people really believed what they said mattered. And I don't know that today we give that much thought. Some people do, some people don't. But this is uh, Genesis 27, 28 through 36. Therefore, uh, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now, what is this? Now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob. Remember, Jacob slipped in and convinced him that uh, he was Esau, and, and so therefore he got this blessing. Now, his father said these words, Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, <coughs> that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that your soul may bless me. And his father, and his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and bought it to me before? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried, an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me. Me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me the two times he took away my birthright. And now, look, he's taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved the blessing for me? And he said, No. And why did he say no? And the reason is because you can only say, though, in their world, giving that blessing was so holy and so powerful, you could only do it once. You had one blessing to pass on to your family. And once you spoke that blessing, there was no way you could do it again for someone else. They believed that. That was something he believed. And so Esau cried because he knew it was over. He couldn't get that blessing. So how important are words? And you know, today we don't think about that. We just think words, well, I said that. Be blessed. 
Are you under the blessing? Now, every one of us is New Testament, New Covenant. So we are under the blessing that Jesus brought. We don't have to be afraid someone else will steal our blessing. We are blessed. We are out from under the curse. We have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. So that blessing that he prayed, okay, uh, over Jacob is on all, is available to all of us. It has been given to us through Jesus the Christ. Will you receive the blessing? And do you even know what the blessing is? The blessing of Abraham. That you will go back, read the blessing of Abraham. Do you know what it is you have been given? Or do you just, eh, eh. It's serious. Make it holy. Make it special. It's serious. So, we have to receive it. How do you receive the blessing? How do you receive your harvest? First, you got to know there is one. You have to know that the seed that you sowed was valuable enough to produce the crop that you growed. <laughs> the seed that you sowed, the crop that you growed. But you didn't grow it. God growed it. God grew it. He brought that seed up. He made it grow. It's laying out there in a field. Your harvest is waiting, crying out. Now, what happens when you don't harvest a crop? If you're a farmer, you go out and plant, and it's harvest time, and you don't get that crop in, what happens to it? It rots in the field. Well, you don't want to leave this planet and leave all of your harvest behind. Because some of you, our parents and grandparents and parents, grandparents, right? All the way up have not taken their harvest with them. They didn't even know there was one. So you have blood rights in the past to claim all of the harvest from all of those who didn't get their harvest, but yet sowed and there is a harvest. It isn't rotted in the field yet because we didn't leave this planet. It will rot in the field when you or your seed leaves this planet. But right now, all of the harvest, past and present, is available for you. You can claim the harvest of your forefathers. The blessing, the blessing. We want to harvest the blessing of the seed that was sown by our parents, by their parents, and their parents' parents. And as far back, uh, seven or eight generations or more, But you only want the good harvest, obviously. You want the holy harvest that came from giving, from sowing. And you have the right to claim that. So dispatch the angels. Father, we dispatch the angels to go back through our heritage, to all of those who I am of the bloodline of, for all the good seed that was sown, I receive 100-fold return in this day. For all the bad seed that was sown, I negate it, and it has no power over me because I am the righteousness of Christ. But I claim the seed. I receive the seed of I all my heritage.
anything unclaimed, you think of unclaimed freight, unclaimed money, unclaimed, it's unclaimed. You're, you're, they went to heaven without reaping the harvest. It's here. It didn't rot in the field yet because we're, the Christians are still on earth. Now, when God takes us off, then that, that'll be useless and it will eventually rot in the field, but it's still there. It's still there. God has been holding it in, 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 the, in the vastness of, of, of this planet, in the, a dimension you can't see. You have a, in a bank account that you've inherited if you had people who were givers in your, in your, in your life. They just didn't know enough to take the harvest out. So number one, you can claim your harvest today. Number two, you can sow more seed that instantly will manifest when you speak to the seed. Number three, you can call for the harvest on the seed of anyone in your heritage has, who has not taken the seed for what they've given and dispatch the angels to go get it. It's there. If you could see what's waiting, you would not hesitate a moment. Do not hesitate. Do not wait. Take it and take it now. When we pray, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. And that's the, the next part you got it. We got to get back to. We have to get to where we recognize. Oh, it was over here in this sheet. We recognize that when we pray, we know it is done. It is complete. It is, therefore, Mark 11, 24, when I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. How about whatever you ask for in my name, receive that you believe that you have them today and you will receive them today. Believe that you receive them today and you will have them today. Well, Art, how do I do that? Start saying it. First words, just like the blessing. What comes out of your mouth is keeping you locked into where you are. We have to know that we know that we know that Philippians 4.19 works, and I'm going to read it to you. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So my God supplies all my needs. I have a harvest, and that harvest is not only unclaimed what I have put in, but it's unclaimed what my parents and their parents and grandparents and all the way up have put in. You can claim both sides, and you claim it. If it's, if it's sown, if there's a harvest, if it's in, in this realm waiting, it's yours. Take it. Empty the vault. You are here before touchdown. Jesus is touching down. He is going to come back, and he's coming soon, very soon. Here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to get all the unclaimed freight, all the unclaimed uh, money, all the unclaimed healing, all the unclaimed prayers. Call them. Believe they're there. Take them by faith through grace. Whatever you believe, it shall be done. In this day, in this hour, 
Do you believe? If it's not happening, you're not believing. I mean, get worked up. Get worked up and believe. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not on what you're thinking. Lean not on your own understanding. You don't know what to think. Take it. It's stored up in heavenly places. Your treasure is in heaven. <clears throat> thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Not when you get there. That's heaven. That's a whole different set of rules. Lucifer isn't there. Take it now. On earth. On earth. On earth. Right now. Take it. Believe it. Take your seed. Get serious about sowing it. Pray over it. Speak to the seed. I'm sowing you, and you are a seed for debt freedom. You are a seed for total healing of my body. You are a seed for renewing my mind. You are a seed. Whatever it is, name your seed. Speak to it. Sow it. Watch it go. Dispatch the angels to watch over it. Decree it. Done. Decree it. You're a king's kid. Decree it. I decree that that seed will not return void. It is God's word that guarantees it. My seed is and will be harvested this day in Jesus' name. This day, this hour, now, right now, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Isn't that great? God's seed. God provides the seed for the sower. He gave us his word. And then he tells us how to sow seed. And he tells us that we can name that seed. And we can call for a harvest. Your harvest is crying out to come to you. Will you let it come and then redistribute it to the kingdom on earth? Because that's what God wants. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Let it come. Come now, harvest, in Jesus' name. To all those who are listening. I hope you had a good time today. I did. Um, don't look back, because if you look back, you'll go back. Look forward. And thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed us from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. We are living as righteousness of Christ. You only see us in right standing. Have a great week. We'll talk again next week. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.